In today's show, we look ahead to Friday in the NBA. There are nine games on, streaming options, injury updates. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There are nine games on. We've got some streaming opportunities for Friday. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Knicks-Wizards is the first game that we're going to pay attention to here. I'm assuming that Bradley Beal is going to be out. He has been fully cleared to resume basketball activities, but I think it would be a big ask to see him back playing on Friday. I don't know that at this stage, but that's my guess. I don't know about Porzingis and Gafford. They both missed the last game. It didn't appear there was anything serious there with Porzingis dealing with sore ribs and Gafford with an ankle. I expect them to play, but I don't know. Vernon Carey missed the last game, as did Johnny Davis, but they don't really matter that much. Um, on the Knicks side, they're actually fully healthy. No one to worry about there. So what we do want to watch for on the Knicks is Emmanuel Quickly, who looked like he was barely going to get to 20 minutes and then just played all of the final quarter in that game. And Thibodeau's done that a bit in the past. He only played 26 minutes. He probably needs more than that to be considered a must-roster 12-team league player. I don't mind holding him for one more day, but he's probably going to be on the move and dropped into or onto your waiver wires. Um, I also want to watch RJ Barrett. Like an insane 41 minutes in his first game back. Took tons of shots. Took a lot of the value away from Julius Randle. He was, of course, inefficient and shot under 40% from the field. What can Barrett do? Is it just the same old Barrett? Yes. But we'll see if there's any change in minutes or shot distribution or offensive hierarchy. For the Wizards, it was a really good game from Denny Avdiart last time out. But I'm of the opinion that it's going to require Beal and one of Porzingis and Gafford to be out before he is a 12-team league guy. Now, if we get word that those guys are out, then yes, stream him in. He had 20 rebounds in that game. But... If Gafford and Porzingis play, then I don't think you're going to get enough playing time out of uh, Denny Avdia to be a 12-team league option at this point. I also watch Delon Wright, who played 24 minutes last game. He's a great steal streamer. He only had four points, but the minutes were up. Is that a one-off thing? Is that a thing that's going to continue to happen with his playing time? Um, what does it look like moving forward? And is he can he be anything more than a 12-team stream? Again, I doubt it, but we do want to pay attention to that. The next game, the Pelicans and the Pistons. The Pelicans are five-point favorites. We know that Zion is out. Marvin Bagley is out. Brandon Ingram, shockingly enough, has been ruled out as well. Whenever this guy comes back, i, I got no idea. But Herb Jones is officially questionable after missing the last game with a back contusion. In Detroit, it's the two big men that we're looking for here. It is Jalen Duran and Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Of course, if they're out, then Nerlens Noel is the guy that gets the start. If one of those guys is out, then I don't think that Noel gets a big enough role to be useful enough. On the Pelican side of things, I want to watch Larry Nance. I don't think that he's a must-roster player at the moment. With Zion out, it does hurt him. He's up and down. The minutes are not quite there. He's just not the guy at the moment. 
and that's totally okay. Um, so if you want to roster him, do it. If you don't, don't. Like uh, He's not a must-roster guy with the current configuration of this team. I don't believe, as I've said this a million times, that he gets a boost with Zion out. I think we've seen that play out. I also want to watch Trey Murphy because last game, it looked like he found some confidence. He got some defensive stats. He played more minutes. He took more shots. Was it because Herb was out? Is he going to go back into his shell in this one? He's worth at least having a look at grabbing because the role is there. But can he sustain what he did last game or is that just a one-off and we go back to nothing performances? Because he was able to do this for a big chunk of time to begin the season and then he just fell away. On the Pistons, we do want to watch Nerlens Noel because he had, what, three steals and four blocks last game? The worrying thing about his role is that he still only played 20 minutes as a starter with no other centers available. They played Hamadou Diallo as a center. So like they're not relying upon him heavily. And if one of Duran or Stewart play, then Noel probably plays 12 minutes. He played 13 minutes in the game Duran was out that Stewart and Stewart played, and that doesn't make him a streaming option. So we need to hear information that both of these guys are out, I think, for him to be useful enough. I also watched Jaden Ivey, who played 40 minutes last game. Of course, he played 24 the game before that. He's been very up and down with consistency and efficiency. I'd like to see him string a few good games together before I look at him as a must-roster 12-team league player. But it was some encouraging signs last game. Is it one game? Is it more? That's what we're going to find out. Hopefully, we do find out, and hopefully it goes in a positive direction. The next game is the Hawks and the Pacers. No spread or total available for this game at this point because we're waiting on the status of a few key players. While he hasn't officially been ruled out, I am going to rule Tyrese Halliburton out of this game. I, I don't think that he's going to be able to play, so let's prepare for the eventuality that he is out. Does he... Like, how long? I, I don't know. We haven't heard the information. Well, there you go. Actually, just as I'm recording this, we got the information. Tyrese Halliburton is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. A left elbow sprain and a left knee bone contusion. Oof. That's reevaluated in two weeks. So we're at least two weeks out there for Halliburton. All right, so that news has come in. He is officially out. Um, not great. On the Hawks side of things, Capella, we're going to assume that he won't play. We don't know about a few paces, guys. Miles Turner was a late scratch with back spasms. Aaron Neesmith missed with an illness, and O'Shea Brissett missed with a hamstring issue. There's a chance all of those guys play on Friday. Well, Trey Young missed the Hawks last game with an illness as well. There's a big chance he will play. He's officially listed as questionable. So on the Hawks side of things, I do want to watch John Collins. His production has been better of late. We've got more minutes from him. And I think the absence of Capella is helping him. So maybe there's a sell high. People are still really, really believing there's going to be a John Collins straight. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so they're thinking there's big upside there, and which is possible for sure. But it also is possible that if he gets traded, that his value stays the same. I know we've seen him as a top 20 player before, but I feel like that's almost a very specific set of circumstances that led to that. And I'm not sure that a trade or if he gets traded that he finds himself in that circumstance immediately. I also want to watch DeJounte Murray because he hasn't been very good. Last game without Trey, struggled. Shooting was way off. We know rebounds and assists are well down. He just is struggling. Is the DeJounte Murray from last season still in there? Or was that a one season circumstantial fluky type year? Is this a fit issue? What is it? Can we see some improvements from DeJounte? And on the paces, it's pretty obvious. We want to watch the Andrew Nempard, TJ McConnell situation. I think both guys are ads. Nempard has got the minutes advantage. McConnell probably has the per-game production advantage. But to me, it's a, it's a real toss-up. I don't think they'll start McConnell. I think that they'll start uh, either Matherin or Jalen Smith again and move everyone down a position. And that's what we want to watch. So I, I do also want to watch um, Sticks. By man. Because if they do move Neesmith to the three, Heald to the two, Nempard to the one, they need a four. And it probably will be Smith. 
He started last game at the four. He did eventually move to the five because Turner was ruled out late, but he was the replacement for Neesmith. So there could be something there for Jalen as a short-term stream, but obviously our focus is going to be on Nembhard or McConnell. The next game we take a look at is the Warriors and the Spurs. Warriors are eight and a half point favorites here. We know that Kaminga Wiseman and Jermichael Green will likely be out and Devin Vassell will be out for the Spurs. It is the second game back for Steph Curry. Jordan Poole saw really big minutes, 34 of them, despite Curry returning. Is that what we're going to get? Or is it going to go back to 28 minutes for Poole? What is his role and playing time? Because he looked pretty good in that game. You might have a bit of a sell-high window before this game to trade off after that big performance, but let's see. And then also watch Kevon Looney, who played only 21 minutes. He'd been 25 or more in five consecutive games. Was the return of Steph and the ability to go smaller um, part of the reason they reduced Looney's minutes? I think it might have been because we saw Iguodala come in. They went death lineup. We've got Anthony Lamb can get some minutes. There's Poole getting extra minutes there to get those better players on the court for longer periods of time. I don't think that Looney's a 12-team league player, and I think the return of Steph is actually going to hurt him. On the Spurs, we saw last game with Keldon Johnson returning that Josh Richardson's value dropped. He still can be a soft 12-team hole, but I don't really see it as a must unless Keldon is out. So let's see what his role looks like here again. Well, Zach Collins played really well. He got 22 minutes. Pirtle played 26. Is that what the minutes are going to look like? We're going to see a sort of not quite a minute split, but maybe. We definitely want to watch that. I think Collins has some stash ability. It is a while from the deadline, and there's no guarantee Pirtle gets moved. But if he's playing 22 minutes a night now while Pirtle's healthy, that's a really good sign, and there is enough use in that. So that's what we want to pay attention to. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open jobs with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post your company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next game. It's the Suns versus the Wolves. No spread at this point because the Suns remain an injury reporting mess. We know that Booker is out. We know that Towns is out. We know that Cameron Payne is out. But we don't know the status of DeAndre Ayton, of Chris Paul. We know Cam Johnson's out. And Landry Shamet. They are three big ones. Three starters. And with those guys out, we saw an absolute mess of a rotation. Um, everyone getting weird minutes. Sharich in the mix. Dwayne Washington in the mix. Landau and Biombo splitting minutes. It was all over the shop. On the Minnesota side, as I said, we know that Towns is out. Um, but Kyle Anderson missed last game with an illness. Torian Prince sprained his ankle in-game. He returned. Anthony Edwards was ruled out for the game and then returned. Will he pop up on the injury report? There's a lot of questions on both sides for this matchup. So on the Sun side of things, I want to watch the Damian Lee-Dwayne Washington split if those guys are out. Lee just seems to have a consistent 21-22 minute a night roll. Hit some threes, good at free throws. It doesn't really seem to spike gigantically. It spikes a bit but it doesn't spike gigantically. He's at least worth a look. There's less hit or miss potential with him than, say, a Dwayne Washington. Um, and if some of these other guys remain out, is Sharich worth a stream? His last two games have been really solid. And I think if those three players, Shamit, Aiton, and Paul, are ruled out once more, then we could consider Sharich at least a stream. He wasn't in the rotation prior to this, but there could be some value there. 
For the Wolves, I want to see Anthony Edwards. How does that hip look? Does it impact him in games? Does he actually play? Because he only played 24 minutes last game. He seems to be consistently bothered by it, and it is a little bit of a worry. I also want to watch Rudy Gobert, whose production recently has been much better. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I wouldn't say it's been brilliant. He's not back at his best. But it's improving, and that's really what we can ask for there. Well, I don't think we can ask for too much more. So that's trending in a positive direction. Thunder and the Bulls. The Thunder are the only team with a back-to-back, well, the second game of a back-to-back here on Friday. We know that Lonzo's out, Pokashevsky's out, Robinson Earl is out, Javonte Green is out. We don't know the status of DeMar DeRozan. He missed the last game with that quad issue. I think there's a chance that he misses this one and then maybe targets a return Sunday against the Warriors, but that has not been confirmed yet. On the Thunder, I want to watch the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams. He's been getting pretty consistent minutes and producing at a consistent level. He's at least stream considerable. And in 14-team leagues, I think he's worth grabbing while these guys are out. I also want to watch... um, Lugens Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Because he struggles. I just don't think he's very good. And in a points league, I think he's fine as a 12-team league player. But in a category league, he has yet to do anything to really convince me that he's a must-roster player. Sure, he can be streamed in this sort of a situation. But it feels more and more every day that he is being overtaken by Jalen Williams in the pecking order and the rotation. For the Bulls, I do want to watch Patrick Williams because last game without DeRozan was not very good. If I did add him, I would hold him through this game. They only play one game next week, so that's a little bit of a disaster in terms of scheduling, and I would not hold him through that. But with a game Friday, a game Sunday, there is value in holding on to him. I'd also consider Alex Caruso, who started in place of DeRozan. Now, we know the value there is steals and assists, and that's really about it. Um, But extra opportunities with DeRozan out does help him become at least a stream option. And the same goes for Kobe White if you're looking for points and threes. That's what he brings. The Magic and the Jazz. In fact, sorry, the Magic, the Orlando Magic. John Isaac will be out. Shumaro KK will be out. Kelly Olynyk will be out. Taylor Horton Tuck is questionable. Leandro Balmaro is questionable. But Colin Sexton is set to return for the Jazz. What we want to watch in this one, um, I want to see Bolt. Where is he in the rotation? Because last game, I think COVID-related conditioning, he wasn't in the rotation. If he comes back in, where is it? What do the minutes look like? How does he fit in? Is he worth a 12-team roster spot? I think the answer is no, but we'll find out. I also want to watch Cole Anthony, who is really struggling at the moment to find a consistent enough role and production. I don't believe he is a 12-team league guy either, but again, getting more data in. Interestingly, I think they just listed Jalen Suggs as questionable. So if Suggs happens with, what, ankle soreness? Of course, ankle soreness. So if Suggs happens to miss, it does give both Anthony and Bowl a boost in their production. So we'll have to watch that one. For the Jazz, they started Walker Kessler over Jared Vanderbilt last game, and Kessler played 30 minutes. Is that the plan moving forward? Big minutes for Kessler, lower minutes for Vanderbilt? It's great if it is for, for Kessler uh, rosters. Like, but Vanderbilt, it's not great. So how that interplays will be key. And then I want to see Colin Sexton, because he's going to return. I don't believe he's a 12-team league category player, and he's maybe a points league guy, but I'm not convinced. What do his minutes look like? With Conley, with Beasley, with Clarkson... He's the fourth guard at best, but I guess with Beasley likely starting, there is an extra opportunity for minutes for Sexton. I think he probably needs 27-28 to be considered even even remotely a 12-team league guy, and let's see if he's able to get that. The next game we take a look at is the Nuggets and the Clippers. We know that Jeff Green is out for Denver. Interestingly, Nikola Jokic was put onto the injury list as questionable with a wrist injury, wrist injury management, they called it. He's been dealing with that for most of the season. 
They upgraded Jamal Murray to probable with that ankle sprain, so that's good news. And Bruce Brown is also probable in this one. For the Clippers, Paul George, um, still questionable. I'm really, really doubting that he's going to play. Canard is also questionable. On the Nuggets, I do want to see Bruce Brown, the role on a fully healthy team. It's been down for sure. Um, with Murray likely to play, we might be able to consider moving on from Brown. I wouldn't do it just yet, but we're getting there. And then also to watch Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who just continues to hang around as a back-end player who you can definitely roster, very much in the Harrison Barnes mode. We can definitely roster, but there's just very little upside there, meaning that you don't always have to have him on your roster. For the Clippers, I want to see Terrence Mann and his role as the starting point guard. He's played 35 and 41 minutes the last two games. Is that sort of volume going to continue? What does that mean for his overall stats? Because he really struggled to put up numbers despite big minutes last game. And that can he turn into a 12-team league guy? I think he's on the borderline of that. I also want to watch Norman Powell because Ty Lue said he wants to run Powell as the only guard at times. I don't know how that works necessarily, but what, that's bad news for John Wall and Reggie Jackson. And if Powell's getting 30 minutes a night, then yes, he probably can be a 12-team league guy. I have really real doubts about that when Paul George plays, but there might be at least an opportunity here for Norman Powell. The Rockets and the Kings is the next game that we are going to take a look at. The Kings are 10-point favorites in this one. At the moment, nobody has been ruled out. We've got to have a big question mark, though, over Kevin Porter Jr. He left the last game with a foot contusion. At this point, he hasn't been ruled out, but I think he probably will sit here against the Kings. While Kevin Herter didn't practice for the Kings, he missed last game um, with a, an illness. So hopefully he is okay, but not practicing doesn't give us a great sign that he's going to be ready to go. They started Terrence Davis in his place. For the Rockets, I want to see KJ Martin. He started the second half in place of Kevin Porter. Scored well. It took 70% shooting to get there, and I, I don't think he's necessarily a must-roster player, but the opportunity would get there to be a stream guy. And I also want Jalen Green, who's taking a lot of shots. They're not really going in. He's very he's struggling a lot to be able to increase his other categories. I'm starting to give up on him being able to do it this season, but let's watch it again and let's get some inklings or some signs. We did see it a little bit earlier this season that maybe the passing would improve, but that's really fallen off. For the Kings, I want to see Terrence Davis, if he is giving another, given another opportunity to start. He barely played in like 23 minutes or so in that last game against the Rockets. Is he able to do that again? Or will he play more than that? Is he worth a stream? It doesn't appear like it. But Keegan Murray starting to play a little bit better. Still not very well-rounded in his overall game. He's scoring okay. Hitting some threes, but efficiency, defensive stats, assists, they're all lacking. I think you can have him in a 12-team league, but I wouldn't consider him a must-roster player. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there, the NFL, college basketball, and of course, the NBA. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts as well, you can find them at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. The Vikings are three-point favorites in week one of the NFL playoffs against the Giants. Are the Vikings actual frauds? Can the Giants knock them off? We'll find out, but they are currently favored by three points, while my Dolphins are a sad 13-point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think that's going to go too well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at some streaming options now. For the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, -back, who are we looking at? These guys are all available in at least 40% of leagues. Walker Kessler and Malik Beasley for the Jazz. Kessler, I don't know why he's still available. You've got to roster him. Great schedule, great production, roster him. Malik Beasley starting back-to-back um, -back here. Three games in four nights as well. Great ad. Um, then we've got Nempart and McConnell. Both of these, they've got the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. -back. They're going to have elevated value in both those games. Both players are 12-team league ads. 
Torian Prince has got the the back to back there. So does Naz Reed. Their value is a little bit less than those other players. While Jalen Smith is interesting because of the potential absence of Neesmith or Brissett. They might have to play him at power forward a little bit more, and he might start regardless. Um, if Halliburton is out, they might just go a little bit bigger and shift guys down. So he could be an interesting back-to-back option. But looking at category league streamers, for Friday, you've got McConnell there. You've got Nempard there, obviously. Um, although Nempard is rostered in more than my cutoff, which is 50% for the category leagues. So TJ McConnell, Terrence Mann, uh, Quentin Grimes is a pretty good streamer. Trey Murphy, Quentin Grimes should be rostered. Sorry, he's more than a streamer. Uh, Trey Murphy's worth a look. Norman Powell, Pat Williams is a streamer. <laughs> Malik Monk and Najee Marshall should be rostered at least in this short term. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% of leagues. McConnell, yeah, look, add him in 12, 14, 16, all of them. Uh, Torian Prince, Dylan Wright, talked about him a little bit earlier. Nico Batum's got some great value for deeper formats. Gary Harris, Jose Alvarado, Isaiah Joe, and Damian Lee. Points League, guys, these are all available in 40% of leagues. So Kessler, Jalen Williams, Terrence Mann, Jeremy Sohan, Norman Powell, Najee Marshall, Monte Morris, and Lugens Dort all have really good stream value for Friday. And if we're looking at the next four days, still all four of these days are low-volume days, so we can get some quality games in. We're looking at um, Walker Kessler as a must-roster player with three games. Kyle Anderson does have three games, but we don't know his status. I still think he's worth having. Jalen Duran and Daniel Gafford have got two games apiece over the next four days. But again, we don't know their injury status. I still think they should be rostered. And then you've got the Bronco, Jalen Williams, who has got um, two games there as well. Broncos country, let's ride. And then a couple of guys with three games who are worth it for that little boost. Quentin Grimes, three games in four nights. We love that. I think he should be rostered anyway. Aaron Neesmith has got three games in four nights. We don't know that he plays because of the illness, but if he does, there's a really good opportunity here. And then Malik Beasley with three games in four nights is pretty useful there for us as well. And that, guys, will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.